Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Yangles. This is your host, C.B. Baker. We got a good one today, and it's, it's really on a serious topic, uh, Dr. Daniels. The topic today is domestic violence. As you know, um, with everybody being stay-at-home, and, you know, stay at home, shelter in place. You know, everybody doesn't have somebody with them that is pleasant to do shelter in place in. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are getting abused and some people was all, it was already being, you know, having a domestic violence issues before the shelter in place. Mm-hmm. And some people are now, cause you're spending more time at home with your significant other and like how we talked about a couple of episodes ago, now you're starting to really find out who they are because you can live with somebody and still not really live with them. But now right. you really are with them. So we wanted to talk about like what are the signs of you know domestic violence and how to correct some of these things. You can talk, you know, touch on anger management and things like that. And then also with everything going on, people's mental health is deteriorating a little bit. You know, you can slip into a little bit of depression with all this going on and you staying in the house and not being able to visit family and friends. If you have death in the family, you can't go. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. And you can't go to funerals. A side note, people starting live stream funerals now, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's crazy times, but we've been here before. We just got through talking about, you know, off air, how stuff, how we learn history and we've mm-hmm. done it before. So Dr. Daniels, what is some of the advice you give people that are dealing with domestic violence in this current environment? You know, I, I think, you know, you, you kind of put, um, put it in proper perspective when you say a lot of it's related to mental health, you know, because um, depression um, tends to cause people to, you know, act irrationally. And, and when you're isolated from, you know, from your normal routines, you know, there's so many things that can cause depression. You think about the fact that um, people who are being laid off and, and that that brings frustration because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when the finances are a little tight, you know, that tends to elevate, you know, a sense of um, worthlessness, worth, worthlessness, right. you know, in an individual. And and and, and that also um, t- tends to make people lash out a little more because the things you had, you don't have. You got those pressures of paying bills. You got those pressures of the kids being at home that that confinement where you don't have an outlet. And just to, um, to, to, to note, um, you know, I was watching on the news yesterday where there's a, a physician in New York. She was um, a ICU physician in her mid forties and she had contracted the, the virus um, at um, stayed at home for two weeks, you know, got over it, uh, came back to work uh, and then went home and committed suicide, mm. you know, and the, the belief is because of the pressure, you know, that, that constant day-to-day pressure, that constant isolation from family, um, because, you know, she couldn't go back to a family when she had the virus, you know, and then you come back to work, you're working 16 hour days, you know, and that kind of pressure is on, on, on many of, many of us, even if you're not in a work environment, you still have that pressure. So I, I think that mental health now has to be something that we, we think about, that we talk about, and that we recognize um, is, is there. And even, even you know, de- depression can be so subtle that you don't always realize that you have it. And if two people are experiencing the same thing, 
then no one can tell the other person, you know, that, you know, we need to do something. We need to, to, to seek some help. Uh, but that's important during these times. I think people need to be able to reach out and acknowledge when their frustrations are getting the best of them. Yeah. You can also have that, that frog in boiling water, mm-hmm. you know, syndrome where you re- like, you really don't, you can't really feel it coming on. Mm-hmm. Like you think everything is straight. And then one day somebody just says something, you know, a little smart comeback to you, mm-hmm. you blow up because you got all that stuff built up in you, but it built up over time, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I often tell people, I say, well, you have to recognize yourself, recognize your ego. And then when the person's talking to you, recognize which person is talking to you. Is that their ego talking to you? Does their frustration talking to you? Is that the real person talking to you? So when they say something back to you that's smart, it's still your, is you, your reaction, you're controlling your reaction. So if somebody says something smart, but they've been dealing, they say they've been on the phone for three hours with unemployment, trying to get this stuff straight with the phone lines being all jacked up and backed up and they've been on hold. And then you come ask a, just a random question like, Hey, did you get bread yesterday? And they blow up at you. You can't get mad at them. They're frustrated because they've been on the phone for three hours. But a lot of people don't want to recognize that part. Why are you coming to me like that? You know, you know, they like they're ready to fuss, but it's like, hold up. Understand a person is frustrated. Like, right. And and that's the thing. And, and, and you generally speaking, the attacks are not at the person. Yeah. You know, when when you're frustrated, you, you strike out at that, which is available to you. Right. You know, like you said, your your frustration may be over. I'm not, I I can't get through or I can't, you know, or I don't know how to get through, you know, or I don't know how we're going to pay the mortgage. I don't know how we're going to pay rent. I don't know how we're going to pay these utilities. I don't know how we're going to put food on the table. You know, I I went to the food bank. There was a, a line that was four blocks long. And when I got there, there was no more food. And that may be what you're really frustrated you know, your frustration. But then when you come home, you, you know, the, you know, you don't have your normal outlets. And that's, I think that's the thing. That's why I think that depression becomes a big issue because typically if you're frustrated, let's say, you know, you, maybe you go, go somewhere with, with the fellows, you know, mm-hmm. um, or, or maybe, you know, you, you run or, you, you know, you go to a game or something like that. And the same, it works in both, both ways. I don't want people to presume that domestic violence only happens male to toward female, Domestic violence is female toward male. It's about anyone who strikes out. And domestic violence is not just physical violence. It also is emotional as right. well. And so that, that works, you know, both ways as well. And so there are times when um, it can be because I'm not being able to provide the way I used to provide that now I'm getting constantly attacked. You know, if, if, if I had done things differently, if I had saved differently, if I had chose a different career, you know, right. and so many other things that, that can be making a person feel less than what they, who they are, you know, so that that mental uh, uh, t- attacks can, 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 can do which as well. And then there's some people that strike out physically, you know, whether they be yeah. male or female. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, the, the key thing is for, let me say this, it's, it's hard for the person that is committing the atrocity to always recognize where they are. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I mean, it really is hard. And it's not just violence against spouses. It's also violence against children that, that, that seems to be um, increasing because, you know, you're home with them 
all the time. Right. And and they're being what they are. They're being kids, you know. <laughs> right, right. So they're they're playing, they're making noise, they're doing, you know, they're doing what kids do. You're frustrated yep. and, and you want them to be quiet, but there's nowhere for them to go, you right. know, but in the house and can keep making noise. And and so you have that working against you as well. And that's why, you know, so, but it's, it's not easy to recognize yourself when you are about to explode because right. sometimes you don't know it until it's too late. It's you right. know, I remember um, one time talking to uh, someone who I know very well. I won't say who it is because, you know, I'm not going to put people's business out in the street per se. And he said to me that um, he saw himself as if he was watching a movie. It was almost like he said, I, 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 it's not me. I'm here and I'm looking at myself, just lose my, lose it. Right. You know, it's like having an out of body experience. And he said that in looking at myself, I, I'm, I'm trying to tell myself, what are you doing? But myself is not listening to me. Right. You know, he said, that's, that's the, what the experience was like as if he was sitting in, in another seat, watching himself explode. You know, and, 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 and trying to tell himself not to explode, but self wouldn't listen, you know. Right. And so because, you know, people, most people in, in our communities don't like to acknowledge mental illness. You know, we don't like to acknowledge because we see that as a negative thing. Right. So we don't seek help. And, and, you know, some of us have been so depressed so long, it becomes a norm for us. Yep. You know, and so then when, when that trigger hits and it boom explodes. Um, you don't know why your spouse don't know why, because they have, no one has identified it as a problem. Right. Then you got the, um, underlying condition, which is your environment that you grew up in. Mm -hmm. You're used to seeing things like that. Like, it's, yeah. like it becomes like, okay, this is how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You know, some people will literally self-sabotage things like mm -hmm. things are too nice. So I got to create an argument mm -hmm. and I'd be like, why would you go create an argument? Right, right. You know, why would, you know, I remember this, uh, this one female, she was mad because her baby daddy, she saw him in the car with another female. Mm -hmm. See, I'm about to go, I'm about to get in my car and, and go, you know, fuss with him. I was like, do you want him anymore? No, I don't want him. And why are you going down there to create an argument? Right. It's like, because she was so used to just, arguing mm -hmm. all the time. I said, you got to get it, break the cycle. Mm -hmm. You know, well, he don't come around enough. He don't come around a lot. This visit kid side. Are you always arguing? Mm -hmm. It's like, I started, like she started seeing, like I you like looking back and reviewing yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's what, for me, that's what I do. Like if I get upset at someone or if I'm upset about a situation, I say, okay, wait a minute, pause. Let me look at it from their perspective and then try to look at it from an out a bystander's perspective and see, am I first off justified to be upset? Mm -hmm. Then if I am upset, calm down and then direct it towards that person. Because a lot of people don't do this. If you're not willing to talk to that person about what you're upset over, you need to get over it then. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, like if you got it, like people don't, once again, like we talked about last week, people not growing up. Mm -hmm. people haven't grown up to the point where, Hey, I can have an adult conversation and disagree and have a disagreement or talk about a disagreement and then be okay with it without having to go on a full fledged shouting match. Right. And I think the times I think have a lot to do with, 
you know, it's one thing to um, be in your normal course, um, you know, uh, sit down and have a conversation. But it's another thing when you have all the extra pressures on you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. that 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 right. that cannot be overstated <clears throat> because if you've been out of work for, you know, four or five weeks, you, you know, right. it's, it's, it's kind of difficult to put your mind on, uh, you know, on rational thinking. Right. Because they're not rational times, you know. Right. Uh, if, if you're stuck in the house. And that's the other thing that there there are you know, we always presume that people have outlets, that people have friends, uh, but that's not true. Everybody doesn't have friends that they can just call and talk to on the phone. For some people, their friend base are fellow employees. Yeah. You know, those are the people that they relate to. Those are the people that they release frustrations to. But that doesn't necessarily mean you have home phone, home contact with them. Yeah. You, you know, you don't call their house and talk to them. Right. You just talk to them on the job. You probably don't even know their home telephone number. Right. But you know their office telephone number or, you know, or you see them, you know, when you own, they, you, you know, you may have alternate bus routes, but, you know, when we have a break, you know, we, we eat together or before we check our, our, our truck out, we talk, you know, those kind of right. things. And you don't have that now. So you're isolated and, and isolation, you know, does terrible things to the mind. Uh, we know that from psychological studies. We know that from, you know, studying people that have been isolated for long periods of time for various reasons, how it can even cause hallucinations. You know, if you if you deprive a people of human contact. And so I'm just saying you have all that to exacerbate the situation. So I think that what 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 people have should start to look at is that during this period, you know, it it, 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 can we develop a new norm for ourselves? Can we develop a norm that allows us to get into a routine where our routine takes us away from some of the worries that we're going through? Uh, because if you're stuck at home unemployed, then if you don't establish something, your mind stays on your situation. Yeah, I think one of the other things that makes it much more difficult is that we don't have and expect it in, you know, you don't know that you're going to be back to work in two weeks. Yeah. You don't know that things are going to be all right at the end of this month. And every time you watch television, they give you a different scenario. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, right. that, and then at one point they, you know, they say it's going to be over with by this date, you know, by, by uh, Easter and then right. by May and then by June. And then someone says, well, you know what, this is going to be worse next year than, it, you know, going to be worse. Uh, in, in, in the fall than it is now. Right. So that kind of exacerbates things, I think, and, and cause m more frustration because if you know your unemployment is going to run out in six weeks and they tell you, well, this is going to be longer than six weeks. Now you've created a, another fear and, and, right. and fear tends to, again, cause people to fight back. You know, we have that fight or flight syndrome kind of thing. Uh, and some people fight, not that they want to fight against a person, but it just kind of causes that. So I, I think what people ought to start doing is looking at, well, what, how can we develop a routine? You know, what can I do to kind of get rid of where I'm at? Um, I, you know, one of my neighbors, um, I noticed, uh, cause you know, I don't always run outside. Sometimes I run on my treadmill because, um, I run while I'm reading or I run while I'm watching, um, TV on my treadmill. And I noticed that she has a path in her backyard. And so she has her headphones on and she's just pacing in her backyard walking while she's listening to music. 
Now, she didn't used to do that. You know, she used to walk around the neighborhood. For whatever reason, I don't know why she stopped walking around the neighborhood. Right. But since we've been under the stay-at-home orders, that's become her routine, you know. Right. And another part of her routine, her and her husband, is that they come outside, they sit in the back, and they read in the backyard for a while. And you could read in the house, but they read in the backyard. Right. So they can have a change of scenery. Right. You know, and so I think that that's something that people need to look at doing is how do we develop a new norm for this period of time in our life? Yeah. Because when you work, you have a norm. You you get up, you go to work. Right. You, you spend eight to 10 hours away from home. You come back, you eat dinner. You, you watch probably the same shows every <laughs> night. Right. You know, and then you go to bed. So, and that becomes your norm. But we've took a norm out. We've took about 10 hours of your day out. Right. You know, that you now don't have because you're not working. So what do you replace that with? And so to me, that's what we need to do. And, and, and when you replace it, you need to replace it with something that gives you some self-worth, you know, you know, because when you're unemployed, it really psychologically you know, it is an issue because it, it takes away your right. self-worth right. and everybody likes to feel some kind of importance. Yeah. Yeah. I, I try to tell people, um, find something that you can get better at. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't choose a weakness, choose a strength. Mm-hmm. Most people go focus on the weakness. All it's going to do is frustrate you. Then you ain't going to want to do it. But if you choose something that you're already good at to get better at it, because first off, you're going to like doing it. And then you'll be getting better at it. So when you, when the time comes back and it's your numbers called, mm-hmm. you're improved from what you was already doing. Right. Cause right. there's a lot of people out there right now. Dr. Daniels that's sitting down on the couch. You wake up, they get up about 10 o'clock. They sit on the couch and they don't move until lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Then they go back on the couch. They're not, you know, you're not getting better. And something, even if you just went outside for a walk, to get exercise, doing something to progress something, you know, that, and that's what I tell people. If you want to get out of a funk, this, you know, out of any type of funk and, and you are in a situation where you cannot control it. Mm-hmm. Like you, honestly, other than after you've submitted your paperwork, you can't control how fast the government moves on processing your payment. Right. Like, um, uh, the PPP loan. You couldn't, you couldn't, all you could do was send it off and mm-hmm. you just sit back, prayed about it and then leave it in God's hands and going about your business. You know, I'll, you know, I, I ain't gonna sit in line the first, I sent it off. I was checking email <laughs> like every hour going to bank accounts and in there. I said, you know what? Why am I doing? It's like, it's not in my control. I can't, right. I can't make it be there. Right. So let me just go live my life, go do my things and, and don't stress over something. Mm-hmm. Another thing I did too, is I turned uh, Donald Trump mm-hmm. uh, press conference, mm-hmm. I turned it off. Because like you said, he one day he would say one thing, the next day he would say something different. It, it created anxiety that I didn't need and that was not beneficial right? To, you know, to me personally or to the people that I employ. It's like, there's no need for me to look at this because it's not beneficial. Right. And I really try to get people to understand you got to do something every day that's going to make you better mm-hmm. because it does make a difference psychologically makes a, makes a difference in your mental health and also makes a difference in other people around you mm-hmm. that see you doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and like you said, you, you got, you, you gotta, you, you have to set it up so that 
it's a continuing thing in your life because it's kind of like this. I remember when, when uh, Nancy Reagan came out with a slogan for, for um, the drug, you know, uh, issue. And she said, just say no. Right. Well, that sounds good, but you got to give me something to say yes to, you know, it's not good enough just to say, don't say no. What am I going to say yes to, to replace it? And so that's, I think that's what we have to look at is that, you know, I have to be able to put something in place that, that will allow me continuous improvement, something that can motivate me to keep doing it, you know, so it becomes a routine. See, work, I'm motivated to work. You know, my motivation is uh, paycheck. Right. So I'm motivated to do it every day to keep going. And so anytime we develop a routine, you know, we need to do something that, that, that there is a, a motivating factor. So I will keep making it a part of my, of my life because we don't know how long we're going to be in a stay at home structure. And if it's, if, if you don't see a rainbow at the end, uh, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, you'll become frustrated when you get to the end anyway, because you won't have that reward there. And, and so you, you, you want that, but you also want to, to develop something that you can do with the person as well, because you don't want to, if, if you're doing something where it's just you, yeah. you are continuing the isolation, you know, factor. And so <clears throat> that that's not healthy either, because a part of the problem, you know, is you're isolating yourself. So you want to find something that you and your spouse can do together. Then you also want to find something that if you have children that you, your spouse and your children can do together, that creates your norm, you know, something that's fun and energetic. Right. Um, so that, so that that family time becomes fun for everybody and you and your spouse time becomes, um, in, intimate, you know, and when I say intimate, I don't mean sex. I mean, it can be intimate time for you and your spouse so that that becomes pleasurable as well. Right. Um, because I, I, uh, sometimes what we do is, is that we do, um, and that's why I know my neighbor, you know, she has her little time, but then her and her husband come in the back right. and sit down. Because you want to develop a norm that that gives you both pleasure together, you know, to do some things. Uh, other, otherwise, when that person does do something, you know, you it, it, you immediately go to the defensive mode, and we don't want that. We want people to be able to always stay in a positive outlook, no matter what they're going through. I certainly agree with you on um, uh, on those briefings on coronavirus. Um, you know, it, some things aren't going to change. So watching the briefing just depresses you. Right. That's, that's all it does. So too much is too much. Yeah. You, you know, it just, you don't want to deal with that a whole lot as well. Um, and, but people have to, obviously people also need to um, take the, the initiative um, to develop the, those, you know, those positive traits before they get to that depressed state. Mm-hmm. Because um, once you get to that depressed state, it's not, you know, like people will say, just snap out of it. Uh, no, there is no just snap out right, of it. You right, know, if, right. if, if you could just snap out of it, people wouldn't do the things they right. do. Uh, you know, uh, so, um, and for some people, it might even mean uh, a, a more aggressive approach. I mean, let's face it, it might even mean you need to call your physician up and say, hey, listen, can I have a virtual appointment? And you can't right. be afraid to do that because right, right. it might be a clinical thing that you need to deal with, Yeah, you know? And if you just keep pushing it aside, it's not going to go away. And that's what some people do when they get depressed. 
Again, he was a physician that commits suicide, you know, right. a trained medical professional. Right. Because if you keep pushing it aside and saying, well, no, it's not me. And I know that, you know, I, nothing wrong with me. You know, it doesn't get better. It gets worse. Yeah. And, and, and it'll get to the point where it will become unbearable. And I know there are a lot of people out there that are thinking to themselves, there's no way it will happen to me. Oh, yeah. And I want you to know right now, the minute you say that, you have just set yourself up for it possibly happening to you. Yeah. You know, because none of us are above getting to that point where we are clinically depressed. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, so we have to be willing to accept that factor and not be afraid to deal with it. And you mentioned about the the family creating new routines. Um, my household, we got, because, you, you know, me and my wife, Sherry, like going out mm-hmm. and now we can't go nowhere. Like, you know, you know, my in-laws watch the kids. We'll go out, have a good time. Mm-hmm. So years ago, coming up, we moved, my dad moved to Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. We didn't know, he didn't know anybody there. So he created in himself, like on Saturday night, he would turn on the music real loud, you know, and party by himself. He, you know, me, you know, him and his, uh, my mom, they party by themselves. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do on a Saturday night. I, you know, turn on the music. I got a little strobe light. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, we can't go nowhere. And it become, it, and you know, I always joke. I said because the living room now went from a uh, went from a club tonight, and it, and it's Baptist church the next morning. <laughs> we watched the live stream, <laughs> but but that's what we you know. It's like okay, this is we know we like to do this. Like right. what we're gonna do, you know, is make if you make final hang. I hung up a little banner that you had to have the people taking the pictures of the club, uh-huh. and had, told my kids to go over there. So this is what we do. Boom, we snap a picture. Everybody's having a great time and having right. fun, you know, because you got to make do what what you got. You know, and that's a great, and that's a great routine. You know, if you if you normally go out on Fridays or Saturdays, right? Go go out. Go in, you right. know, it's, it's like we call staycations, you right, know, right. so, you know, just like, just like, just like you can do a staycation, you can do a stay clubation, I guess, yeah. you know, <laughs> right. but, but you're right. Those little things. And, and I tell you, people in my generation should understand that. I say we should understand it, but we don't always practice it because of where we've gotten to at this date and time. You know, I, I remember um, when I was a kid. So we didn't have all the things that you all have now. You know, we didn't have like Bush Gardens. We didn't, you know, right. all those places. So when I was, you know, young, my my parents would take you to the airport. They would pack pack some fried chicken or some sandwiches. We would go to the airport and park in the parking lot and watch the planes take, take off. off. That's what you did. And we just imagined where the planes were going, you know, things like that. Uh, and, and talk and just, you know, or... Or get in the car and just go for a ride. Right. And, and that was the outing. Right. Just go for a ride. Right. You know, well, you know, uh, sometimes you would ride through nice neighborhoods and, and look at nice houses. Right. You know, uh, oh, whatever, you know, those kind of things. Th- th- those are the kind of things that we can still do. You yeah. know, there are some things that we can do to get you out of the house. You know, that even though we have um, the st- stay at home, th- there's none, nothing that says you cannot go to a park. You know, right. there's nothing that says you cannot do those kind of things. So you can still elect to go to a park that, you know, you know, is is not, you know, 
overrun with people and most of them are not at this time. Right. You know, you can go to a park, you can go for a walk, you know, with the kids and everything. Um, I can tell you, especially, you know, near where we are, uh, there's a park called Sleepy Hole, which is in Suffolk. And that's where my wife and I go all the time. There is rarely anybody, any children in the play area, rarely any children in the play area. Um, the walking trail is a third of a mile. So, you know, you can go out there and just, you know, right. walk, you know, uh, and, 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 and just enjoy nature, you know, there, and, and that can be a part of your, the, you know, your, your routine. Right. But like you say, then if you're a party group, you know, on Friday, you do what you do. You can go to a, a restaurant that has curbside service, get your service, but yeah. don't go home. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, back into a parking space. And, and you all just sit there, like you say, you turn the radio on in your car and, right. you, and you eat or, you know, whatever, or use your, use your cell phone ready, right. or whatever and play music and eat in the car and that's your dinner out. You know, so you do those kind of things. So you still create good memories and good moments and let that become a part of your routine. And that way, you know, you, it relieves some of that tension. If you don't have money because you are on unemployment, then pack your own meal. Right. And just drive to the park, sit in the car and eat, yeah. you know, or, or drive to the airport and watch the planes take off and eat, right. you know, whatever, you know, uh, to make things happen. And you can always throw a party in your house. Like you said, that doesn't cost you a dime no, to it, throw a party in your house. No. And, you know? and especially now with all these live streams and DJs doing live streams, you just turn up, just find one, turn it on. You can do, you can do a seventies party in your own house. Yep. You can do, you know, a costume party in your own, you know, <laughs> own house. You can have dance contests. Yeah. You, you, there's so many things that you can do in your house to make it fun and make that a part of your routine. So people have something to look forward to, especially your kids, you know, right. so they will know that, you know, Friday night is going to be party night, you right. know, and, and you broadcast it and you keep making it you know, something that they can remind people of. We're going to, we're going to Friday night is get down night or, right, you know, what have right. you. So everybody has something to look forward to. And that way it keeps your spirits up a little bit. So you don't get too depressed. The more you laugh, the less likely you are right. to be in a domestic violence situation between two uh, couples and between the kids. Yeah. It's, it, and that has really been a big deal in my household is really keeping up like we used to go to movies a lot. So we have a movie night, you know, we cook, you know, cook the popcorn and everything. And then I even said, cause we used to go to cinema cafe where they come bring you the food. So I told it, I tell everybody, say, I'm the, I'm the waiter. Mm-hmm. You know, you hit the button or raise your hand. I'll come bring you what you need. I bring your food, you know, bring your stuff right. to you. So it's like doing uh, different things like that. And like you said, your generation, that's what y'all did. Cause I, you know, cause I grew up, like as a kid, cause my parents, like we did this stuff at home all the time, mm-hmm. you know, it's like now that everybody got all, uh, and some people that got bougie, got a little bit of money. They're uh-huh. like, okay, you could go back to doing that, that type stuff. Right. You know, it's nothing wrong with drinking the blue Kool-Aid. You don't need to get Hawaiian punch. <laughs> you know, it's like you can, you yeah. can save a little bit here and there, you know, mm-hmm. we had, you know, I'll give you another example. My mother was the best at making up games, you know, and she made up games. I don't know where she got them from. Maybe her mother made them up for her, yeah. you know, but we didn't have a lot of board games. She made up games. You know, like we, for example, we had a game, it was called cops and robbers that she taught us how to play, you know, and basically in cops and robbers, 
<clears throat> you would get pieces, slips of paper, and you would write on one piece of paper, one person is the, you know, the robber. You would write the cop. You would write the judge. You would write the jury. And you would write the prosecutor. And you would fold the papers up and put them in a shoe. Well, we didn't have a hash. You put them in a pot. And you shake them up. And each person would pick a piece of paper out, right? And so whoever you were dictated what you did. <laughs> so, you know, if you were the prosecutor, right. your job was to make up a story about what the robber did, you know, <laughs> if, and, you know, and the judge would find you, you know, the, the, right. the juror would find you guilty or innocent and the judge would give you a sentence and we would have different things that your sentence might be, you know, like your sentence might be you had to do five push-ups, or your sentence might be, you know, you had to right. run around the house or right. you know, your sentence might be you had to drink a quart of water or you know, so, uh, it was fun stuff. It was silly games that, you know, that we, and it was a family game because all of us were involved. Right. You know, of course, now you have a lot of board games and things like that. But I'm just saying, if you don't have money and right. if you, you know, can't get to the store because, you know, maybe the line is too long or, you know, in some of the stores now you can't get in, you don't have to go to the store to, to, to have, play a game. Right. You can make the game up, yeah. you know, um, like we played hopscotch when I was a kid. They don't require a game. No. <laughs> you know, they don't. you know, th those are the kind of things that, that you can still do with your children and adults too, that you can still have fun with. Um, we played jump rope, not with a rope, with a water hose. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or that's take, pretty bad off. Hey, or we would take the clothesline. Play jump rope with the clothesline and hang it back up from a parents' game hall. <laughs> but see, we were creative. You know, you use your mind, hide and go seek. You, it, right. it doesn't it doesn't cost anything to play hide and go seek. And I know when you become an adult, you'd be like, "Well, I don't want to play hide and go seek." Yeah, that's more, especially if it's just if it's just you and your spouse. That's the best game to play. <laughs> I didn't go seek. Right. You, you know, you, you do things that make, you know, and that make that a part of your routine. So you can schedule something different every night so that every night you got something forward to, you know, to, right, to look something to look forward to, uh, something with you and your spouse, something with you and the children, so that, you, you know, it's not that, that the drudgery right. of just waiting right. for this cycle of life to end. Yeah. It reminded me of... Uh, the author, uh, leadership book author, John C. Maxwell, he always says, you want to go into a situation wanting to create a memory. Mm -hmm. And you hit the nail on the head. It's like, this remind me of that. It's like, try to create memories, like positive memories during this whole thing. So then when everything is over with, you're going to be like, remember when? Right. Or when your kids get grown, they're going to be coming to you like, I remember when we did X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And then they're probably not going to remember it was because of the coronavirus, but they're going to remember you doing these all these extra things with them. And then one side note before we get ready to close out is for a person who is feeling a little bit down on themselves, mm -hmm. I would tell them also, talk if you got children, talk to your kids. Mm -hmm. Because kids usually because they don't, they're not tainted all the way yet by mm -hmm. being an adult. Sure. They look at things completely different. They are just as happy, you know, it's like, okay, all right, that's just, you know, like you get out some joy out right. of your kids. They'll interject some positiveness back into you mm -hmm. when you get all this negative things, you know, pounding you day in and day out. Your kids will give you some, some positive things. Absolutely. They, they, 
they don't worry because they don't have a care. Right. They know parents will work it out. We should be like a child. Don't worry. Don't have a care because we know God will work it out. That's yep. That's you know. And and I would also just suggest to people if you do feel yourself sinking, uh, don't be afraid to call somebody. You know, if you call your physician, if you don't have a physician, call your church, talk to your pastor, talk to someone that you trust about the problem. Don't let your frustrations get the best of you. Yeah. Talk it out uh, because you sometimes we just need that extra help to get us through. Yes. And also, too, um, if someone crosses your mind, give them a call. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Reach out. Yeah. Be, be, you can be distant physically, but don't be distant emotionally. Yeah. All right, Dr. Daniels, anything else you'd like to bring before we close out? Nope. I'm just glad and happy that we're able to keep coming and broadcasting. And I want to just keep encouraging people. Yeah, you, 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 you're giving me great comments and I appreciate the comments. So uh, just let us know and we'll, we'll keep on addressing those subjects. And I, I do want to say to Sister Angela, Thank you for giving us this topic because I thought it was one that needed to be brought out. All right. Thank you all so much. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Till next time.